wonderful song, and we appreciate the quartet so very, very much. Uh, good to have brother and sister Pippin here. I had to look at them three times. <laughs> um, you know, that, I always see them in working clothes. I'll tell you, downtown, uh, I see brother Pippin down there with those guys working uh, downtown and uh, see Sister Pippin, but I, uh, I look back there and thought, oh, I know them people. And I look, I thought, well, Lord, you ought to know them, I'll tell you. Our scripture lesson today is in the, in the book of Matthew. I want to read from two passages of scripture. Uh, they're in two different sections, and uh, they're kind of long scriptures, but I feel like that I need to read them because it's the word that I want you to get. And I, in Matthew chapter number uh, 7, verses 24 through 27, and then in Matthew chapter number 25, verses 1 through 13. Stand with me, if you will, for these scriptures, and let's read them and look at them together. <clears throat> Jesus is saying here, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these things of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house uh, upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And then over in chapter 25 of Matthew, verses 1 through 13, Jesus is talking here again. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for you, us and you, but go ye rather to them to sail and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, and saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour, wherein the Son of Man cometh. Let's bow our heads for just a moment of prayer. Father, we pray that you would bless us in this worship service, Lord. And would you bless your servant as I give out the Lord's message. Help me to say the very things that you won't say, Lord, in the way you want them said, that it would accomplish uh, your will and your plan for this congregation here today. And thank you, Lord, for everyone that's come this way. And I pray that you just speak to hearts and move by your mighty power and your spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, and you can be seated. I want to use for a text, and it sounds like I'm going to preach a long, long time. The 44th verse of Matthew chapter 24, it says, Therefore be you also ready, for in, a, in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. The last verse that I read here in Matthew 25 was, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. 
the forerunner of Christ, John the Baptist, his message was on repentance. Uh, and John said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was his message, was repentance. Time to repent. When Jesus came on the scene, he also preached repentance in Luke 13. 1 through 5, he said, Except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. That's a part of God's plan is repentance. These folks didn't receive it in the time of Christ. They didn't receive it in the time of John the Baptist. Not all of them. Some of them did. And not all are receiving it today, but some are. And I hope that there are some here today that if you're not ready to meet the Lord, that this will be the time that you'll give your heart to Jesus while you've got time. This first passage of scripture that I read uh, here uh, in uh, uh, Matthew chapter number 7, this is the very beginning of, of Jesus' earthly ministry, not, not of his stay on this earth now, but of his earthly ministry. Jesus lived about 33 and a half years. Uh, the first 30 years of this was uh, uh, spent around uh, the hometown there where he grew up and with his family, with his siblings and whatever he might have done. Uh, in, uh, in, uh, in that general area. Uh, but this is a time when John the Baptist came on the scene when Jesus was about 30 years old. And John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus preached this sermon, and this is the ending of the Sermon, the sermon on the Mount, this passage that I read in, in Matthew uh, chapter 5, 6, and 7. One of the greatest, well, the greatest sermon that's ever been preached on this earth and the greatest sermon that's ever been put in print. Is this a sermon right here? Uh, you talk about finding out about doctrine and what we believe and what we should do and what we should practice. You find it in this sermon. It, uh, anyway, it's not a long sermon, but it's got a lot of material in it. And, and, and this was the beginning of his ministry. He took his disciples along with maybe whoever else that went with him and he gave this sermon as they, as they spent the, uh, the time together and he, he, he said, uh, sa and he closes it out uh, with this parable of the two builders. It's amazing how many parables that Jesus used while he was here on this earth. Kept it simple. Always kept it simple so people could understand it. Anybody can understand this passage. A three-year-old could get up here and read most of the words. Uh, not a, th a three-year-old. I'm a little bit ahead of myself here. Uh, the, a third grader could get up here and read most of these words. And a preacher that would preach this message ought to preach it so a third grader could understand what he's talking about. Uh, uh, that's the way it ought to be preached in my opinion uh, to get the word across and get the truth across so Jesus is saying here in this parable and finishing up this sermon on the mount and this sermon here is at the beginning of his ministry and this, this parable is used at the beginning of his ministry and the parable that I read in John chapter or, or in Matthew chapter uh, uh, 25 uh, is the ending of his ministry this is right before he was crucified uh, and, and both of them pretty much mean the same thing. So it's important that people get this message. It's important that they get this message. Jesus says, therefore, he said, I, 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 he talks about two builders in, this, uh, uh, in the, uh, the, uh, this passage in chapter 20, or in chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. He talks about a wise builder and a foolish builder. Uh, Jesus ends this first message with a very stern warning. And he also ends the, the, the parable in Matthew chapter 25 with a very stern 
warning. Uh, it's time that we realize the closeness of the coming of the Lord. Uh, I read the Bible, and the more that I look in the Bible, and the more that I see reminds me that the coming of the Lord has got to be very, very close. Uh, we've been blessed in America for the last 300 years. We've been blessed with prosperity. Uh, we've been blessed with technology. We've been blessed with a lot of things like no other country in the world has experienced. And I'm afraid that we've abused that. We've forgotten about God. And I read in the Bible where it says that all the nations that forget God is going to be turned into hell. And folks down the road somewhere, oh, there's other parts in the country. I know that. I understand that. There's other parts in the country that they're seeing revivals and seeing people getting saved. But by and large, most of the world has turned its own way and gone the way they want to go and forgotten about God. And God's not going to put up with it much longer. I believe that with all of my heart that the coming of the Lord is near at hand. And this is what Jesus is talking about here. He says, therefore, he said, I want you to hear this, this parable. Therefore, whosoever heareth these words of mine and doeth them. That's what he's talking about first. Now to hear, the word hear in this passage here carries with it a meaning of understanding, to grasp, to get the message of what he's saying. Uh, to hear the word of God. Uh, he says, I want you to hear it and I want you to understand it. And then he says, when you understand it, I want you to do it. I want you to do it. I tell people how to get right with the Lord. And if I'm talking to a six-year-old, I talk to them just like I do to one who is 66 or 56 or 46 or 106. makes no difference whatsoever. That you repent of your sins, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you receive him into your heart. And take him as your Savior and Lord, and God saves you by his marvelous grace. You say, preacher, is that the way it's done? That's exactly the way I believe that it's done. And whatever we might add to that, or whatever we might take away from that and change it, um, and, and, and tell it in some other form, that's the best way that I've come up to tell it to people to get them to understand. They know that. They understand that. They understand uh, what, what you're talking about here. It's by faith that we're saved by the grace of God. So he said if he hears these words. Now it's not just to hear the word don't make you a Christian. To do the word. To do what it says to do. He says either heareth the words and doeth them. I will liken him unto a wise man that built his house on a rock. Now what he's talking about here is a foundation. Hey, sometimes you build in a place like this you kind of have to find a rock. <laughs> This church here is sitting on, I hope, is sitting on a good foundation. Uh, we dug uh, down. I didn't dig down. Mr. Uh, 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 lived over on, on uh, Gate City Highway. Uh, mercy sakes, can you think of his name now? Come over here with a backhoe. Went all the way around. I don't know how many hundred tons of crusher run rock is in this uh, foundation of this building. He dug all the way around, from that, started back here on this corner and dug down to scrape the solid rock, scrape the rock with the backhoe, dipped it all out. 
at Rockland Dirty, filled it back in down uh, down there at the bottom and packed it down. Got uh, uh, one of those things that uh, I believe a uh, 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 packer, you know, that you, you hold on to, vibrator, and packed it down uh, in there and all the way around on this. And up here at the front is probably, uh, I guess some places probably was 10 feet deep. Now that's a solid rock. Down under a swamp, it's a solid rock. That's where you, uh, and th that's a foundation. But what we build on now is a foundation. We, we've done all of that. And then up here, uh, uh, when we got up so far, we poured a foundation out of concrete and steel and, and, and fixed it so what we thought would hold up the building and make it a good, uh, a good building. And so far, it's held it up. It hasn't fallen as of yet. This is not the second time it's been built. It's still standing on, on that now. That's the foundation is what he's talking about here. It's a rock. Now, I remember when old timers used to build houses and they would build on a rock, you know, yay big around. They got it and they dug a little bit of dirt out where they could flatten it out, you know, and get it laid, uh, set up pretty, uh, pretty uh, level and, and cut them a locust pole and put on top of that. And they built their house, built it on that. Their philosophy was it lasts me as long as I need it. Well, it did, and that's about the way they go today. You know, when you go, your house is about ready to go. It, it, it seems like, I don't know, maybe it lasts a lot longer than they used to. I don't know. But he says you build that house on the rock, a solid foundation. Uh, God is called a rock in the Bible. Jesus told Peter upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's built on the solid rock. Uh, the, and he says uh, that uh, he built this house on, on a solid rock. And the rains come, the floods come, the wind blew and beat upon that house. And it did not fall. Uh, that's, the, that's the house that's built on the, on, the, on the solid rock. That's the one that hears. That's the one uh, the, the, uh, uh, that, that hears. But then the foolish man, the foolish man didn't build his house on a rock. He built it on the sand. Uh, probably you'd understand it better if we'd say he built it on the dirt. That's what I'm talking about with that rock, you know, there at the top. But at least they put uh, a, a rock down there, and they had the post built on, on the house. But uh, if you're going to build a house uh, today, you don't just build it out here, you know, level it down on the dirt. You, you can build it like that. You know, you build it any way you want to. Uh, you know, it, that's a choice. Uh, you could rake the dirt off, you know, uh, 12 inches, 14 inches, whatever you want. Throw you a few rock in there to level it up or just, le just plain level off the dirt, you know, uh, and, and, and start building. You, you, could, uh, uh, you, you could lay you some uh, uh, whatever you want to down there and start out with a foundation. Uh, yeah, uh, you could start out with that, but you put it on the dirt and it's going to give away. It, it's going to give. Uh, this old earth is... Uh, hey, we're telling. I'm told that it turns all the time. Sometimes I think it really is a turning fast. You know, my blood sugar dropped a few times, and my blood pressure has got down so, so low. Sometime when I've taken medicine, until uh, I tell you, boy, I, I felt like this old world was turning. I was about ready to fall off. <laughs> you know, well, it was uh, problems all in my head at that particular time. But the foolish man built his house on the sand. Didn't have to spend much time. Save some money, not putting in the foundation. Just started out on the sand and on the dirt. And he built that house. But then the floods come. And it wasn't on the foundation and the house crumbled. And down it went. The tsunami over in India and that place where that came. 
And the way I saw those pictures on the TV, they were built pretty close out on the beach. And those waters come in there. And those houses were not necessarily just destroyed by the waves that swept high. The foundations crumbled under them. Uh, I haven't talked to anybody that's been over there uh, personally. I haven't talked to anybody. But I'd say that those houses was built on a, on a very shabby foundation. And uh, some of the houses I saw was not built very well. I guess that's all they had to build out, build out of. But it doesn't matter. You can build a mansion on, a, on the dirt, and it's not going to stand the storms. It's not going to stay straight. You're not going to keep cracks out of the wall. You're not going to keep the, a lot of things from happening if you build it on a foundation but, uh, that, that's not stable, not on the rock. And the Bible says that the floods came, the winds blew and beat up on that house, and it failed, and great was the fall of it. What he's simply saying, that preparation was not made to build a home. To build a house. Preparation wasn't made. And the spiritual side of this is that people who are not right with God are not building on a solid, firm foundation. Their spiritual life. It won't stand. If you're living in sin, you've rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, then you're not building on the solid foundation. Nothing else uh, will... Take away our sin, but the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the foundation that we be alone. It doesn't matter if you're a Methodist or a Baptist or whatever you choose to be. That doesn't make any difference. When the Lord comes back, he's not going to hum up our church book at Shiloh nor our church book anywhere else. He's not going to look for that. Don't misunderstand me. It's important that you become a part of a church and worship and be a part of that church. That's important. I understand that. But being a church member does not make you ready for heaven. Being baptized does not make you ready for heaven. Nothing you can do other than receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord and start building your life on Him is the only way that it's going to stand for judgment, folks. That's the only thing that's going to happen. And you understand that. I mean, I, I believe you understand what I'm saying. And then over here in chapter number 25 of the book of Matthew, this is talking about a, a wedding. A wedding that took place uh, uh, here, and it's talking about uh, the, the ten virgins, and all ten. Of them, let me let me tell you just a little bit about uh, the weddings uh, in the uh, uh, in the day that the Bible is talking about, and it's, uh, that they had their lamps. Uh, uh, these lamps were they they were not like what we have. Uh, they were made out of earthen vessel of some sort, and some of them say that maybe some of them were even made out of uh, uh, some sort of metal that had oil inside of them. And you could fill that up with oil like you remember the old oil lamps with the wick in it was down in that and, and, and it sucked that oil, oil up through there and, and burned. But most of them was just some sort of rags that was tied around uh, something that wouldn't burn with a piece of wood at the bottom of it perhaps keep it from getting too hot at a handle. And that was the light. And they lighted that and they carried it with them. They, uh, they carried it with That was the lamps that they had. That was the lamps that they had. It says that, that, that uh, while the bridegroom tired, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go you out to meet him. Now, these lamps play a very important part uh, in this story that Jesus is talking about here. He, uh, a very important part. And at midnight, the cry was made, The bridegroom cometh, go you out to meet him. 
Okay, when they got up and it was midnight. Now the lamps could have been lit or they could have not been lit when they come to. I don't know. It, uh, apparently they, uh, they, they could have been. What, uh, the foolish said our lamps have gone out. Uh, they didn't have any oil, so they didn't, and, and, and they got up, and they trimmed their lamps. Now, I remember seeing uh, Dad or Mom take a pair of scissors, uh, trim that old uh, wick in those oil lamps, you know, straighten them out, trim them, get them ready. That's the same idea, same philosophy. They tore off the old rags, and you had to dip those things in oil to get them to burn. And you set them on fire and the oil burned. But some of the rags are going to burn with that, you see. But that's the way that they had their lamp. And the foolish took their lamps and did not take any oil. Uh, now we don't know how long that we have uh, got on this earth. And we need to make preparation now to meet the Lord. The foolish people didn't take any oil, but the wise people, but they took their lamps. The wise people took their oil and they took, or took their lamps and they took oil in their vessel with them. And they all slumbered and slept. They all done the same thing till the bridegroom came. Now everybody in this building today is pretty much doing the same thing. Uh, you're not talking, you're listening, but we're here together. And we, we are like in many, many different ways. And I hope, I hope that if the Lord should come back before we get out of this church, that everybody here is ready to meet the Lord. Uh, We've not got anybody here that's more than 90 years old, I don't guess. Uh, I'm not far from that. So that don't seem too old anymore. But we're involved in different things in life. But unless we are ready to meet God, we can't go up. Notice that the bridegroom came. When the bridegroom came, it doesn't really matter what we're doing as far as this life is concerned. It doesn't matter really if you've got a lot of money or just enough to pay the bills. It doesn't matter if you live in the best house on the street or you live in a shack out somewhere in the hills. It don't make any difference. That's a place to live. You sleep. I see this old fellow with his German shepherd dog. Uh, every few days down at uh, Hardy's, you know, saw him sitting down there yesterday, I guess it was, and, and he was sitting there with his feet folded up and under. I'd have had, had some help from that German shepherd if I sat down like that, <laughs> getting up, I'll tell you, at least get him to bite me so I jump, you know, get up, get a uh, jump start. Uh, but but it doesn't matter, and I understand, I don't know where he lives, back over in there somewhere, uh, that where he stays all the time. It doesn't matter if we're getting through this world, it doesn't really matter. But folks, it's going to change. The Lord's going to come back. Notice that when the, that they were doing just fine now. They were all virgins. They were people. Uh, they, they were all young women. And by the way, these weddings, were, they, they, were, they were different to ours. Uh, they, they were celebrated in a different way. 
Uh, the people was carried on a, uh, a covered litter. They was carried on the, their shoulders. Four people or sometimes be more, depending on how many. And both the men and the women had attendants and they would come and they would carry the bride and they'd carry the groom. And it lasted for seven days. If the, if the woman uh, was a virgin or if she was a widow, it lasted three days. The marriage ceremony, all of this went on and they, they, and they, and they had this place. Uh, and all of it was set. And it was a big wedding. They were different than ours, but in a way they were similar to ours. If people uh, do all of these things, and if you've got a wedding uh, in mind, or you've got a had a wedding recently, you know what I'm talking about. You spend weeks and days and months uh, planning this, and it's all over in 20 minutes. You know, get in there, and, and that's the way uh, that is good. People ask me how long will this thing last? You know, the grooms they get uh, they get I, that's about all that I talk to uh, when we do a wedding because they put us back in the corner, you know, and tell us we'll give you a signal when we want you to come out. <laughs> Man, I don't tell you something. I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but they tell, preacher, how long is this going to last? I said, now, at the very longest, it won't be more than if, the, if you don't have singing in it and you don't have some other things, you know. At the very longest, it won't last more than 10 minutes. And, uh, and if you've got some singing, just allow uh, two or three, four minutes, whatever it takes for a song, you know, and all this. Uh, this uh, that was a big ado for them. And that's fine. That's great. This is a big step in life, an important step in life. But what I'm talking about is a more important step. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. He wasn't promoting weddings, ceremonies, and things of that nature. That wasn't what he was doing that at all. It, when the bridegroom came, now notice the bridegroom came. They all trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, give us of your wool for our lamps have gone out. And the wife says, uh-uh, we can't do that. We've just got enough for us. We may run out. We may run out. That's all we've got. We can't share the whole way. I can't give you religion. I can't give you salvation. Your mother can't give you salvation. She gave you uh, life, uh, but she can't give you salvation. Uh, your preacher can't give you salvation. The Pope can't give you salvation. Only God can provide that. And his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Only he can do that. They didn't have any oil and they were, went to buy oil and while they were gone, the bridegroom came and they that were ready went into the marriage and the door was shut. After a while, the ones that had gone and buy oil came back and knocked on the door but they, and they said, Lord, open to us. And he says, I don't know yet. I don't know who you are. The wedding's already furnished with guests. We're inside and the door's closed. You can't come in now. And the Lord's coming back. Are you ready to meet him? Are you building your life on a solid rock? Have you got oil in your lamp? Have you got oil in the vessel, the Holy Spirit? Does God live in your heart? Best thing that I ever done was when I gave my heart to the Lord in July of 1954. That's the best move I ever made in my life. The best one. Never been one that's ever been any greater or ever will be any greater than that decision I made that night when I received the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart and asked him to come in and save me by his marvelous grace. I didn't think anybody ever had problems like I did, but I talked to a man this week, and he gave, gave a little bit of testimony to me, and he was telling me about how he'd done when he, before he got uh, saved, and he was a young man as well. I was 19 when I got saved. 
was afraid to go to sleep at night. I was afraid to close my eyes. I was afraid I'd die. I wasn't afraid of the dark. I was just afraid I, was, I would die before I get up. He said that he'd ready to see night come. He said it bothered me so much. He said I was lost, and I knew where I was going. He said I hated to see night come, to go to bed. I was afraid to go to sleep. Didn't want to go to sleep. Just wanted to stay up, stay away. Well, when the Lord comes back, it doesn't really matter where you are. See, if you're right with God, it really doesn't make any difference. It really doesn't make any difference. I tell you, if you're ready to meet the Lord, it doesn't make any difference. God loves you. Since that day, I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't bother me about laying down at night or what was happening. Several years ago, I had an episode down here in the office, and Whitey Purgeon is the first guy that got here to see about me. To his own admission, he was more, admit and more nervous than the preacher was. I was doing better when time Whitey got there, but I thought I was going to leave this world. Knew what was going on. I didn't have a pain anywhere. I was scared out of my wits. I didn't have a pain anywhere, but my heart was beating so fast I thought he was going to beat out of my chest. I was waiting for the rescue squad to get here, and I didn't think they was, uh, was even coming. And I called a second time, and the lady is so nice and sweet and kind and assured me that uh, they was on their way. I bowed my head over on the desk. I sat there in a chair. Quite often... I talked to the Lord when I was sitting there. And I bowed my head over on the chest and talked to the Lord. And I told the Lord some things that I wanted in this world. Stephen was just a little fellow, two or three months old. And I said, Lord, I sure would like to stay here. I'd like to stay here with the church. I'd like to see my grandson grow up. I'd like to spend some time with him. But I said, Lord, if this is it and this is the end, then you're ready. So am I. You just work your will. Almost immediately, I got to feeling better. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Folks, when that happens to you in life, you better be right with God. You better be right with God. We have to leave this world sometime. And the important thing is that we're ready to meet the Lord. You don't want to go to hell. Hell is a terrible place. Uh, talks about a lake of fire. They gnash on each other with their teeth. The meanest people in the world is going to be there. You don't want to go there, but you want to go to heaven. And the choice is yours. Heaven is a place where all the Christian people are, the best people. You won't find a baby in hell, none of them. Uh, so many things that God's got to offer, but it's a decision that every person's got to make. I beg you, build on the solid foundation. Get oil in your vessel. Take it along with you and just be ready when the time comes because we don't know when that time's going to come, but we better be ready. Would you bow your heads? Brother Omer, would you come? Lead us in an invitation song. And I want you to think seriously, folks, about your relationship with God. The foundation and the oil is one and the same. Jesus Christ said, I'm the way and I'm the truth and I'm the life and no man comes unto the Father but by me. And I hope you'll listen to him. Father, would you speak to hearts in this invitation and work your precious will in every life. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us as we sing on page number five?